Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 15th, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 5, and we're at page 59, the second paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Alana M., for the 12 traditions, Amanda S., reading the text are Gina F., Barbara E., and Devorah S. The reference numbers for Monday, May 14, 2018, are for the 7 a.m., 11,413. That's 11,413. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11,414. That's 11,414. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Alana M. to read the 12 steps. Start one to unmute. Hi. Hi. Sorry about that, Katie. I thought I was unmuted. Okay. This is Alana M., a grateful recovering compulsive reader from Ottawa, Canada, and here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you. Okay, I will now ask Amanda S. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Amanda S., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The 12th tradition. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amanda. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Just, excuse me, to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 59, paragraph 2. I will ask Gina F. to begin reading. Hi, everyone. This is Gina F. here, recovered in Connecticut, just for today. All right. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Okay, so step 12, um, immediately what comes to mind is uh, page 89, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. So at the outset of uh, working with others, you know, there probably was, and not probably, there was um, some fear and selfishness driving it for me. I didn't want to lose what I had had gained through um, my spiritual experience. Um, so I heeded the advice here that, um, you know, I wanted that immunity. Um, so I went out to work with others, um, but it goes on to say that life will take on new meaning to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. Um, that's come true for me as well. Um, I, I never imagined it would be the bright spot in my life to work with others, but, you know, when I've had a crazy day and, um, I'm spinning in my head to to talk and work with another recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, it grounds me and it gives me uh, focus and purpose, um, just like any other recovery activity, prayer, meditation, um, listening to meetings. But working with others, I always say what I want to hear, and that's that's the thing is that working with others helps me to continue my spiritual growth. Um, it's easy to forget. Uh, when you've been in recovery for a little bit, it's easy to forget what it was like. And when I talk to people who are in the depths of their disease and are struggling, um, I remember, I'm reminded because I have that built-in forgetter, right? I remember what it was like to be sick and suffering. Um, I remember what it was like to do my fourth step and my fifth step and how scary it was to do my amends and um, um, all of that. I get to be reminded on a daily basis of this disease and who I am um, because I can so easily forget. Um, and the other part too is that I, at the outset, didn't think that I was qualified. I didn't think uh, I was good enough to sponsor. But, you know, the development of humility is what we're aiming for in step six and seven. The only requirement to be a sponsor is that you have gone through the steps, that you're a, compuls a true compulsive overeater, and that you can uh, claim to have recovered. Um, if you look on the bottom of page 83 and you read those nine-step promises, if you can say those are starting to come true in your life, then you can sponsor. Um, I sponsored many people, and I can say unequivocally that their recovery has nothing to do with me. That's where my humility is. When somebody's ready to recover, I can't stop them, nor is there anything I can really do uh, to, to move it along. They are ready, and I am just there to be a loving witness to their journey. Um, so part of my humility was learning that I can't make someone recover and uh, trying to struggle with myself. Um, oh, thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Gina. 
Okay, so we have read through all 12 steps, and we are going to focus our comments on step 12 today. So who would care to share for three minutes? Jackie B. Nancy, Nancy, B. Nancy P. Barbara Jackie. E. Joe M. Jackie P. Barbara E. Joe M. Nancy P. Nancy. Joe A. Joe A. Lisa B. Oh, Lisa B. Okay, I thought I was hearing you and then one coming through. Okay, um, Nancy, what's your initial? T. T is in Tom? Or P is in Paul? P is in Peter. P is in Peter. Or Paul. Okay, anybody on this? I have Jackie B, Barbara E, Joe M, Nancy P, Joe A, and Lisa B. So we'll just go with that. And Jackie B, you're up. Hi, I'm Jackie B from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, thank you so much, everyone, for your service today and for everyone on the line. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to me that um, that working with others is so important. I was so self-absorbed about me, 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 what I wasn't getting, what people weren't doing for me, what um, I didn't have, what other people had. Why don't people like me? Why, 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 why? You know, while I spent all that why, I got up to 373 pounds. Today, um, I don't ask why. I said how. How can I be of service to people in the fellowship as well as outside of the fellowship, to my family. I'm learning how to accept life on life's terms by accepting others. That if I don't put any expectations on anyone other than just giving my experience, strength, and hope, then then I'm recovered every day. That's the bottom line. Um, I have to work the program to the best of my abilities and to the willingness of the steps. If I do that and then I work with others, they too will find their way. Um, I have sponsored several different people, and sometimes I'm amazed. I'm like, I don't get where they're coming from, yet I still hear the recovery. I still hear the steps, but they're just at their place in the journey. And when I worry about how I'm sponsoring, I call others in program and say, listen, what should I do? How should I do it? And they say, your experience, strength, and hope, and what you do and the way you were taught, that's what you teach them. And every time I go through these steps, reading the big book, I find something new and enlightening for myself. So it is a continuous program. You just have to be willing to get out of yourself, okay? That's it. I mean, no matter what I hear, I can always find a silver lining in it. Even at work, when sometimes people say, well, people are just da-da-da-da-da. So you know what? I really don't want to hear this negativity. Why don't we just accept people are just who they are? We can only give them what we have. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Joe M. Thank you so much. And Gina, thank you so much for what you said about uh, not thinking one is good enough, qualified enough to sponsor, and about the humility that when the 
student is ready, the teacher will appear, and it's not about us. Just get out there and do it. For me, step 12 is divided in three parts. The first part for me was a spiritual awakening as a result of the step, which means I had to change the way I think, and I had to know that there is a personal God out there for me who loves me and wants the best for me. And the second part of step 12 is to carry the message to other suffering compulsive readers and assure them that there is a way out of their misery. And the third part is to practice this principle, these principles in all my affairs, hope, honesty, faith, courage, integrity, you know the rest of them, and to stay spiritually fit myself every day by doing step 10 as it is needed and staying connected and guided by my higher power in step 11. I had to do that if I ever thought that I knew enough to go out there on my own. My disease is doing push-ups out there. I would be back in the food. I have to know what the consequences are for me of thinking I know enough. I may at some point eat again if that happens, and I don't want to. In other words, I never have to, I, excuse me, in other words, I never have to forget the fact that I am not uh, my higher power. And the only one giving myself this daily reprieve is my higher power. And I will always have to ask people, go to people, work with people, because there is a power greater than me if I stay connected and humble. Humble. Always be willing to take a call, returning calls, giving to the best of my ability, and just trusting my higher power to do the rest. Uh, it's a beautiful experience working with others. It's what's connected me with the program for two decades now and being able to give away 140 pounds and truly living neutrally around food. I always get so many questions about that. Is it really neutral? And from the depth, the inner ear of my heart, I can say I am neutral around food because of the principles that I engage in. Honesty, hope, love, faith, courage, integrity, willingness, humility. And I'll stop with that because humility is knowing I am not perfect. And the minute my feet hit the floor in the morning, anything can happen. Perfect. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Joe M., you're up, followed by Nancy P., Thank you, and good morning to everyone on the line. My name is Joe, a compulsive overeater from Minnesota. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, what's going to happen as the result of these steps? I'm going to have a spiritual awakening. Notice it doesn't say, having been given the power to not drink. They don't say that, although we are given the power to not drink, to not overeat. What happens as the result of steps 1 through 11? Sometimes I'll hear people say, you have to find a higher power. 
And I want to say, you don't have to find a higher power. The higher power is going to be released inside of you as the result of these steps. It's not something you have to go find. You're going to have a spiritual awakening as the result, not as a result, but as the result. And there aren't, there aren't other results. It's a spiritual awakening coming to life inside. That's what's going to happen. We tried to carry this message to alcoholics, to compulsive overeaters. What is this message? This message is not that you're going to stop overeating. This message is not that you're going to lose weight. This message is you're going to have a spiritual awakening. Although when I talk to newcomers, or especially if I talk to someone who's not yet in OA, I don't use that language because that may be a turnoff. So I'm very careful. I have to strategize about that. But this is what we're talking about. When I'm on the phone with people that I'm working with, people who I'm sponsoring, I have to be always cognizant. Am I communicating that I've had a spiritual awakening? Because that's the message. And then to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'm so glad they included that in Step 12 because that means I have a responsibility beyond the fellowship to practice principles. And believe me, I know when I don't practice the principles, I feel it. So my best days really are when I'm living in Step 12. I know that's very popular to say we live in steps 10, 11, and 12, but I, for me, my banner days are when I'm actually living in step 12, because this is what the program deposits me on the doorstep, first of all, of having had a spiritual awakening, which is a beautiful gift in and of itself. Then what do I do with that? I do two things with that. I try to carry the message to other compulsive overeaters, and I practice these principles in all of my affairs. Step 10 is one paragraph in the big book. Step 11 is a few paragraphs in the big book. Step 12 is like 14 pages. Gee, I wonder how much time they want me to spend on which step. So um, step 12, it's beautifully written, and it is a beautiful way to live. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Joe. Okay, Nancy P., you're up, followed by Joe A. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Okay, so whoops, let me start my timer. Um, Okay, so yeah, step 12 is like the investment. It's like working with others is the payoff for my investment of all this other work that I've done. And they start to talk about it in the beginning by saying, um, a fellowship will spring up around you. You will not want to miss this. And all these years, you know, way back in the day, people would say, oh, my sponsees, they're so great. I learned so much. I was like, screw that. You know, I only, I, you know, I only want to stop eating. And um, I never realized exactly what richness the 12th step offered until I got there um, after I had my spiritual awakening. And, um, or, or I say, really, I started trying to work with others. My sponsor, when I first got into vision, she said part of my discipline was to call two people a day. And I decided in the very, very beginning that I had to make two connections a day. So I made a lot of calls, you know, because I would call like in the middle of the day and I would, you know, have leave a lot of messages. But I, I slogged through and, and now I have a group of people that I talk to regularly and I do 10 steps with and 11 steps. And, you know, I talk to people and, um, you know, it, it tells me everywhere that it, what is going to happen to me when I work with others. And someone was the, the uh, original speaker was saying, you know, she wanted to have immunity. That's what I want. And I got to say that, you know, this is not, you know, chemotherapy. This is not, you know, like a toxic drug that I have to take to heal me in some, you know, like in some medicine, you have to take medicine that's worse than, than the cure so that you can be, get past your illness. This is not by a long shot, any of that. And, um, 
I have to say that, you know, it even says, you know, when in the, in the prior steps, 10 and 11, you know, when we, we talk to somebody else about it and then we avoid morbid reflection and we turn our attention resolutely to someone we can help. That, to me, turning my attention resolutely to someone that I can help seems to be the um, one-size-fits-all for all of my problems, is to get the heck away from myself and start concentrating on helping somebody else. And that, in the end, is what I want. And the last thing that I'll say is that, you know, some people believe that, um, you know, when babies are born, they cry because they had all the knowledge of humanity before they were born, born. Then they lost it when they were born. And to me, these steps really contain all the knowledge that I'll ever need about how to live my life and how to be a member of my community and be a member of the, the universe. And, um, you know, step 12 is the, is the keystone of that. So I can't um, say enough about it. And, you know, when I talk to newcomers, it's a program of attraction rather than promotion. I try to make myself, when I talk to newcomers, as somebody else was saying, as attractive as possible. You know, I try not to, you know, sound quite as, you know, unbelievably crazy as I was. Um, I try to sound like this is a good thing. And, oops. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nancy. Joe A., you're up, followed by Lisa B. Joe A., star one to unmute. Oh, hi. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thanks a lot. Um, so uh, this is Joe A. And I'm calling from Cleveland. And Saturday was the 12th of the month, and um, one of the service uh, commitments that I've recently made was um, to reach uh, each one, reach one, and to uh, reach out to people that I haven't seen in the in the rooms for a while. And I made I tried to make 12 phone calls, but um, uh, only was able to make several of those. And um, and most of the people that I did hear back from, you know, have not been around and have regained the weight and just, you know, the shame of not coming, uh, wanting to be seen and, and all that humiliation that comes with that. And all I could do was encourage, you know, we've, we've all been there. We know what it's like, you know, come back. Where else are you going to go? So that, that, uh, 12-step within is extremely important to me, um, to give back what's been so generously given to me. And um, last evening, um, uh, a bunch of old-timers got together um, years ago, 20 years ago maybe, someone invited a couple of us to have dinner before a meeting, and um, that person has since moved out of town, but that little dinner group grew and grew and grew, and um, we we kind of disbanded, and the meeting has really... Um, um, decreased in attendance and they're actually um, the church is actually closing so sent out a message last week and said hey let's go support the meeting one last time and maybe we can get together for dinner and if anybody there were 16 of us that showed up and if anyone would have seen our table they would never have thought that we were a bunch of compulsive overeaters there was not an ounce of extra flesh among us and um you know that's what we have been so generously given by someone who reached out and we just grew and grew and grew as a group with that i pass thanks thank you okay uh now it's lisa b 
Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you for your service. I love this reading, and thank you for all the shares. Um, I find I have to read this chapter all the time. I'm, daily I read a page from this chapter, Working with Others, Chapter 7, from start to finish. I just read one page. When I finish the chapter, I start it all over again. And there's always something new for me to learn. Um, if I want to have the experience that Bill had, if I want to have the experience that the first 100 had, I need to really understand the history of this society that we're in and what this society is all about. And step 12, working with others, is my objective. Today, my, my job in life is to be of maximum service to God and others. I also need to understand that there are hard eaters out there in our fellowship, and they're welcome here. But I will die if I have someone that's just a hard eater sponsor me. I need to be sponsoring other compulsive overeaters. I need to be able to give them the privilege of understanding in this book how to identify that they are a real compulsive overeater or if they're just a hard eater. If I'm working with a hard eater, it's going to be a frustrating experience for them. They're not going to need these steps. You know, for me, abstinence is my problem. I desperately need these steps to have this psychic change. I also need to be neutral with food when I'm working with others. So when they're going over with me what their alcoholic foods are and alcoholic food behaviors, I don't feel the need to have them have the identical food plan as me. I love the chapter, Working with Others, because it talks about what to do if your person is not really ready. I need to move on. I want to work with someone that is ready. You know, it tells me in this chapter, um, don't be discouraged if you find someone. Um, it says here, do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. Today I do have a message. I am carrying a solution. There's a lot of people in the fellowship that are great at encouraging. Don't eat. Just come to meetings. No, no, no. I don't need that. I need to know what the solution is, how to have sanity and a spiritual awakening. I need to know. And that's what I do today when I go to meetings. I carry the message. I'm not going to that meeting because I desperately need that meeting. I'm going to be of service to carry the message. The other thing is I listened to a great special edition this weekend, May 19th of 2013 by Lori C., all on the 12-step and sponsoring, and it was so good. I need to go to other recovered fellows and learn from them, people that have more time and more experience in these steps and learn from them, and that's what I get from the, the special editions. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And if you're just joining us, we are, we read through all 12 steps today, and we are focusing our comments on step 12. Who else would like to share? Reva Larry P. Kay. Reva P. Larry K. Vasa O. G. Larry K. Vasa O. Harley G. Someone M. Leia. Leia M. Did not hear your voice at all, Harley G. Okay. We'll take one or two more. Okay. Uh, let's go with this. We have Reva P., Larry K., Vasa O., Harlan G., and Leah M. Go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. So we have like three parts to this step, and I wanted to share briefly on the first two, but focus mostly on the last part. Um, you know, the first one 
having a spiritual awakening as the result of doing the steps. Um, I can get caught up with um, being in the program and thinking that I'm supposed to change me and I'm supposed to create this transformation of mind and, and body, um, but it happens to me as a result of just doing the work. Um, it's so much less efforting than I would expect. The second part that strikes me is carrying the message. It doesn't say go out there and get X number of people abstinent and recovered because I'm not in the outcomes business. I carry the message, but uh, somebody else's recovery is really between you know, them and their higher power. I do my best, but um, I've had a real challenge um, accepting that I can't make somebody get this. Um, and the third thing that strikes me is this business of practicing, practicing, practicing. And where do I practice it? I practice it in all my affairs. When I first came in, it was as if I had a program life and another life out there. And I would you know, be a certain way with the people at the meeting, and then I'd come home and be super cranky with my husband. Um, and that's not what it says. It says... We, we do the work, we huddle together at the meetings. It's like a, somebody made an analogy once to me, like a football game. Like we have the huddle, but the huddle is not the football game. We go out and we play the game and we live life. Um, and I get to live a life as opposed to get my food in order, get abstinent and get out there and do whatever I want to do. Um, it's practicing the principles in all my affairs, with my family, in my house, in my job, and that's a real challenge, and that requires me to keep working 1 through 12 over and over and over and over. Um, and I never get to be whatever I think is Miss Perfect. I practice and practice and practice. And it's through the practice and the seeking that I grow and change. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Vasa O. Oh. Thanks, Katie. Thank you for your service. Larry Kay recovered this morning. You know, I was I was talking to a fellow. Um, she had called. It's someone you hear on the line on occasion, uh, pretty regularly actually. And and she had asked me, you know, you know, should I be sharing? I don't know. Maybe I'm sharing too much. You know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message. I said, please, please, don't, don't ever stop sharing. You are a catalyst for my recovery. You didn't know it. You didn't know that you were going to be a catalyst for my recovery, I told her. But you were. And I needed to hear recovered voices. Oh, but, you know, and thank you so much for saying that, but, but shouldn't this be... You know, shouldn't, shouldn't this be fair? Should, you know, fair, fairness. I'm so glad that Joe and Charlie didn't stop carrying the message, a strong message. I'm glad that Dr. Bob didn't stop carrying day after day after day. Who is anyone to judge what was in his heart? I'm so glad that there are recovered compulsive overeaters that by the grace of God, they are no longer eating anymore. They have changed. They have been transformed. They have been internally restructured. They are spiritually on a different footing. 
They need to be carrying the message. I love to hear from people that are still in the disease. I, I'm sad that you're still in the disease. I'd love to hear from you. Call me. But we can't give away something we don't have. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps, then we try to carry this message. I want to hear from you day after day after day, the, the people, whoever can carry the message. You don't know whose lives you're transforming. You transform mine. Don't ever stop carrying the message. Because I was a sick and suffering person, and by the grace of God, I'm not anymore, and I needed to hear from you. Thank God for you and for this, this program of recovery. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And now we have Vasa O, followed by Harlan G. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vida, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I will never be so more grateful that I was led into Overeaters Anonymous by my higher power, which I call God today. And even before I found Overeaters Anonymous, I hardly ever prayed that much, but I remember praying out loud one time, coming home from shopping and saying, God, if you're there, please help me where you are. I was just in so much pain with the food and with just life. And it's just, you know, I was just, it was exhausting, you know. And not too long after that, uh, God sent me a messenger. You know, my friend had been in Norway for a couple of years and she 12-stepped me little bit told me about Overeaters Anonymous and the steps, and it just gave me so much hope. And I said, this is the last thing. If this doesn't work, I'm just going to die in this disease. I had given into it already, surrendered to the food because I couldn't do it any longer. And when she came, and she was so gentle, and she looked wonderful. I hadn't seen her for a while, and she 12-stepped me. And I said, yeah, I, it, it, I can identify. I, yeah, I am ready. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to put the food down. And I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't give away I, what I didn't have. I couldn't. I needed to work through the steps. And my sponsor said, well, you don't have to wait till you worked all the steps the way they're laid out. You know, you could start sharing, you know, how you became abstinent. And, you know, and that's the beginning. I had such a hard time uh, expressing myself and sharing at the meetings. And that's why I push myself now to, to, to pu- push, you know, because I never felt good enough, smart enough to do any of this work. But gradually, little by little, you know, I started sharing, started using the tools. And I love to give it away today. But I also need to know that I am not God. I cannot make people work the steps or make them abstinent because nobody could have made me do it. I needed to, you know, I I needed people and I needed a higher power to help me in that area. And it breaks my heart today. You know, I give it away to the best of my ability. And I've done a lot of mistakes over the years. I don't do this perfect, but the only thing perfect I do, I, I have my abstinence. It's by the grace of God, that's, you know, that's not, God is number one and abstinence. And then, of course, working the steps. And um, yes, my sponsor 
they wanted some, they say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm doing fine. They drop off. But anyways, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Harlan G., you're up, followed by Leah M. Thanks, Katie, and thank you to Team Tuesday for making this meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I'm very honored to be here this morning, and every time I come into a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, I walk in here on the shoulders of giants who have walked before me. Some of them died in the food to bring me here, and some of them recovered, and most of them were people who were very ordinary people. And they made my life possible through their sweat and their blood. And I owe a debt of gratitude to those people. And if I've had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps, that means I've worked the steps and the promises of step 10 have come true in my life and continue to come true in my life, then I have a job. And that responsibility is an honor and a privilege to carry this message, not my message, not some message, not a message, this message. What is this message? To me, this message is the message of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Not what I think. I'm not a life coach. I'm not a whatever. I'm not a spiritual advisor. I'm not a psychologist to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. What are the principles? The principles are the steps. Bill just didn't want to use the same word over and over again. And I'm reminded of something that any fool can count the seeds in an apple but only God can count the apples in a seed. And I'm reminded of my friend Scott, who's dead now. And Scott lived in California, and he was in Alcoholics Anonymous. And one day, it was a Saturday night, he was, he was minding the phone in the Los Angeles Intergroup office, and he got a call from someone in East Los Angeles, and he went out to East Los Angeles to a motel to speak to a man sitting on a bed who was drunk, and he went out with another guy to speak to this guy, and they talked to this guy for about an hour, and the guy fell sound asleep. And they figured he wasn't a, a threat to himself or to anyone else. They just let him sleep. They left the motel. About five years later, Scott is speaking at an alcathon in San Diego, California. This is before he came into OA where I ran into him. He is speaking in an alcathon in San Diego, California. And a man walked up to him and said, are you Scott? And he said, yes. He threw his arms around him and said, you saved my life. And Scott says, I don't believe I know you. And he said, do you remember five years ago when you went to a motel to speak to a man who had called in? And he said, yes. He says, that man died three months after you came to see him. But I was hiding under the bed, and I heard every word you and your friends said, and I was scared to come out, but I never had a drink since that day, and I've got five years of sobriety. Any idiot can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. Trust God. Test him. Do this work. See where you end up. You'll end up with a life beyond anything you could imagine. Don't do the work. 
and you'll probably end up back in the food because this is a 12-step program. I'm talking to myself now, not you. This is a 12-step program, not an 11-step program. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, Leah M., you're up. Thank you so much. You know, something came between me and compulsive overeating over three decades ago, a 12-step process that was brought to life to me through someone in whom the problem had been solved, which resulted in a relationship with power, a spiritual awakening sufficient to bring about recovery. And think of it, you know, if you're newer, you know, as a personality change, sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating, a, a psychic change. I mean, you know, we are very uh, well aware of our abstinence dates. You know, I wish I could share with you uh, the date that raging stopped for me. I wish I could share with you uh, when the resentment left me uh, regarding a father who was cunning, baffling, and powerful. I wish I could share with you the dates, you know, that guilt and shame were lifted out of me, um, but I can't share that. But I can tell you that I'm not the same person. I can tell you that uh, what occurred for me was a rebirth as a result of this program. My book tells me that we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Now, that's not a, uh, you know, that's not about the glory of self. That's simply sharing with you that I was shattered, I was a broken shell of a woman that was put back together through the action steps of this program and a relationship with God. Um, I was also taught by the man who cracked open this text way back in January 1987, the following little ditty. You can't teach what you don't know, and you can't lead where you don't go. You can't be what you are not, and you can't give what you ain't got. I was in that locked facility for almost three months, and when I got out of there, it was clear, <laughs> because I was told, that those of us who have had a spiritual awakening are charged with a responsibility, a responsibility to carry this message. Why? Because we know more about recovery from compulsive overeating than anybody alive, because we're the only people that have done it. Now, God has equipped us with some very, very unique knowledge very unique experience to help a very, very unique group of human beings. And that's why my book says that God has given us the opportunity to literally avert death in others. And so it is with that responsibility and it is with a tremendous heart of gratitude that we work one-on-one -on -one or that we have focused meetings such as this one where our chief responsibility to the newcomer is an adequate presentation of the program of recovery. And with that, I pass. Thanks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Try not to choke here. Um, Thank you, Leah. And we have time for three more people who would like to share on step Anna 12. Kay. Anna Kay. Melissa C. Leah D. Linda R. A. And, and Leah D. Arlene okay, H. I'm sorry, I've got it. I've got Anna Kay, Melissa C. And Leah D. Go ahead, Anna Kay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, hello to everybody. I'm Anna Kay from Poconos in Pennsylvania. Very, very happy, compulsive overeater, recovered. 
Um, 33 years ago, I walked into a room <clears throat> and I was uh, granted uh, close to five years of pink cloud abstinence, I'll call it, whatever. It was abstinence, though. It wasn't recovery that I know of today. It took me all these years to understand recovery. Thank God for vision, really. Um, anyway, the story I have to tell is that I got a lot from those years and I got from the years when I was not, when I was in relapse, I got a lot from when I went in the rooms whenever I want to or whatever. <laughs> That's how it was for many decades. But uh, part of the time when I was living in New Jersey, I would go back to a meeting every January, you know, thinking, you know, starting new, it's January, yeah, I can do it, yeah. So uh, one January, I come to a meeting that I had attended very often. I knew where the coffee was. I knew where everything was. I was one of those people who would do service, blah, blah, blah. So I, come, I decided to go to a beginner's meeting. I hadn't been there for a year. And it was me and other, I guess, beginners, I guess a handful of us, five, six other people, and nobody else showed up from the meeting. Oh, man, everybody's looking around. So I figured, oh, they got to do something. So I went and I pulled out the coffee. I pulled out the, you know, the pamphlets. I pulled all the stuff out, the literature. Nobody came. Nobody came. So I figured, oh, my Lord, I guess I'm going to say something. So what I said was that this program was the only thing that works for me. Um, and show the literature and whatever it was introduced. And um, that was it. Well, I didn't go back to that meeting for another year. And following January, I come into the meeting. And I'm in there, and this woman comes up to me. She goes, Anna, Anna, Anna. I'm like, who the heck is this lady? You know, I didn't really know who she was. And she says, Anna, Anna, I've been looking for you for a year. I said, oh? She goes, yeah, I was here a year ago when you were at the beginner's meeting. And she had lost 100 pounds. So I say, I don't know. Well, I, I had to carry some sort of a message. I surely wasn't recovered or abstinent at the time. I don't know. In my heart, something had to come. So we have to be true to the program, however that message gets carried. And with that, I'm done. Thank you, everybody, for being there. And thanks for this great meeting. Bye. Thank you, Anna. Okay, um, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Leah D. Hi, good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, so this practicing um, these principles in all my affairs, I like that it says practice and not master these principles because, um, you know, this is the work for the lifetime. They're, um, I'm an addict and I'm human. And so sometimes in the practice, um, I make mistakes. But I have... Um, commitment and a program and I have a relationship with God that reminds me um, you know to keep keep practicing um, and the other thing is that the in all my affairs so yeah like it was said not just to the fellowship like sometimes it's easiest to give it here you know and hardest to practice it in my life outside of here um, but that's really where um, this is like where I learned, and that's where I apply, you know. And um, when I am out in the world carrying this message, you know, living this message, I've been really blessed. You know, God gave me a, um, an incredible physical transformation, and that um, is it's, – it's an opportunity to um, – to carry the message because it is what people notice in the outside world. And I used to be very selective about 
who I would tell precisely what I did. Because I would make a snap decision based on what they looked like physically. If they looked like they never had a weight problem, then I didn't think that they were worthy of hearing what it is I did. And so I would say something very, yeah, you know, I just uh, watch what I eat, you know. And then I realized, um, no, that is, that's dishonest and that's not really practicing the principle. And if I've had this spiritual awakening, then my obligation is to be honest and share it. And so I, that, you know, in telling people, um, I've had an opportunity. I never know who's in their life. And the message was carried to me initially via someone who's telling it to someone who looked thin, who looked normal, and and happened to pass the information on to me. And so we really are, you know, obligated, especially um, if we're in a position where people ask us. I feel, to be honest, and um, thank you, but that I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. See, okay, Leah D, you're up. Would be our last share today. Hi, good morning, everyone. It's Leah D. As I was listening, I said to myself, "What if we didn't have this 12 step? What if we stopped at 11? Where would we all be?" I was 12 stepped into these rooms 44 years ago by someone telling me that they didn't eat carbohydrates and they lost 80 pounds and kept it off for three years. And the normal reaction is, then how did you do that? And I've come to understand that step 12 is much more than that. Step 12 in this program, it says we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. We try because not everybody wants to hear. You know, you can't stand on a corner and take out a table and carry placards. I tried that. I also tried hitting you over the head with my books and saying, listen to me, listen to me, hallelujah, brothers, I've got the answer. And that didn't work. What I've come to understand today, and thank God we have this 12 step, is that I'm a power of example, and I can give my 12 step away by doing what I'm doing right now. I'm on the phone line sharing, and there's another compulsive eater who's shaking her head, who might have a donut in her hand, or he might have a donut in their hand and put it down. They may hear something that I have to say and put it down. I'm a big proponent of reaching out to the community because I'm an advertising and marketing lady. I've also come to understand that I have to listen to the spiritual side and God's voice to guide me. But can you imagine if we didn't have step 12? We'd stop, and then what? There's got to be a whole book on carrying this message. It's such an important message. Do you know that I get at least 10 emails a day with various weight loss opportunities that keep coming in my email? That tells me that the world doesn't understand who I am. I don't get things about how to be an alcoholic nicely. I just get things about how to be a funky overeater nicely. I'm really grateful for these 12 steps and these meetings, and I'll continue to try to carry my message. And thank you all for being here. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. And we have come to the end of our meeting. So thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you to Alana M., Amanda S., Gina F., Barbara E., and Devorah S. for being uh, available. And thank you to Kristen D. and Gina R. who are coming up. 
to uh, help us out in the second hour. Um, we will, the share ID, okay, the second I missed a sentence here. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, May 15th, 2018, is 11,416. That's 11416. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. This is Barbara E. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.